0: Uh, What I want to do today is really just begin to engage the scriptures post resurrection. Like, post, like the people that were there, like that saw it first, like showed up, they had just seen Jesus get crucified three days before, and then now all of a sudden, three days later, they show up, and they're like the first ones. and so I want to dive into that, because I think it's funny the world we live in today is very social media driven and, and very much live interaction. I mean, you can't watch a TV show or listen to a radio show that doesn't want you to somehow interact, either call in or to tweet something or to be involved. There's this whole kind of dynamic that's I think, been at play for a long time, but I think it's at a whole other level of connection with uh, things that are happening live. I mean, you know, uh, how many of you guys are like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, something? Go ahead, raise your hands. Almost almost everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody, a lot of people do. And, and those of you that, that didn't, you've sure thought about it, <laughs> and you've sure been, like, pressured to do it, or, or you were on there, and you're like, this is not good for my mental health, and you decided to, to just take a step back, respect that. Um, but it, it's so funny, the world we live in, like, we, like you'll see somebody post a concert, and you're like, oh, I wish I was there. And, like, there's, like, all this jealousy and kind of promotion about kind of what we're doing live, and then we get to watch it, and we get to comment on it back and forth, and, you know, anything like a concert to, you know, the burrito that you ate at that place that was the size of a baby's leg, you know, <laughs> you're like, look at this burrito I just ate, but you no know, one posts the pictures like post-burrito, <laughs> you know, like, ugh, hating myself for doing that, no one posts those pictures, not the that, that part of it, but it's so funny, the world we live in, so that's what I want to engage today, is engage the scriptures, and really what the resurrection has to say about our life here today, and the ramifications of finding an empty tomb this morning. You know, I think it's interesting as we look at the tomb there, you know, with these folks that saw it first and who we're going to really study today, you know, they didn't just find an empty tomb that resurrection Sunday, but they found an empty tomb the next day too, and the day after that. And the day after that, and today, we find an empty tomb. And so, really, I want to engage this continual discovery of an empty tomb every day that we wake up, and what that, how that transforms our existence. Because all of creation, all of the world, and life as we know it transformed in this period when when Christ was crucified, when He was resurrection, everything changed about our life. And so, I really want to explore this discovery of as this new life that we get to wake up to an empty tomb every day. And so if we can engage that together, I think God's going to illuminate some things in our heart and really un- come to understand that life is, is more than momentary flickers of an Instagram photo where we get excited for a moment and then it's fleeting, but really begin to engage in the story of the resurrection and what God wants to do in our heart. And that life is, resides in more than just handing a $5 bill to a homeless guy who's hungry, but actually engaging with that person's that person's purpose on this earth and their existence and true compassion and love for them and what that does to us and how God transforms us in that process. And I think we'll find that God's going to do something fresh in us every day now. And Because I think if we're honest in here, if we're really honest, some of us are dying to live. I mean, we are like dying to experience our heart beating in our chest fresh and anew and then others of us in the room are just simply living to die like we just we're just going through the routine waiting for when our number's called and i think god wants to speak into both parties today and if i will do my best as a as a humble feeble person today reading the scriptures and really examining those first people that were there their experience and then would really kind of examine our own experience this morning that that the tomb is empty because I believe that God wants to resurrect us as he resurrected Christ. He wants to bring new life in us. He wants to resurrect our dreams, our purpose, and our passions and a passion for daily life and truly what life is all about and our call to be on this earth. And so we're going to engage here in just a second in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. And that's what I said it is. That's post-resurrection kind of engaging that. But before we do, I want to kind of give us just one brief aspect and one kind of illuminating spiritual thought from the death of Christ and kind of the impl- implications going forward to the resurrection. So give me just a couple of verses pre Death and kind of at the moment of death, and what took place in that moment, and then we'll jump into the resurrection. So, going straight to Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 and 53, I think we have that up on the screen today. Uh, So, read this with me. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. He's on the cross, gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. There's a whole lot that kind of grabs my attention. First of all, I don't know how many times I've heard an Easter story, but I've never heard anybody talk about tombs breaking open. I hear everybody talking about Jesus, which rightfully so, resurrection that we should be talking about Jesus. But never this, this scripture in which we find that holy people were like raised to life, and kind of if we're kind of guessing in what took place here, it sounds like an earthquake took place kind of at this moment that that God shook the earth and rocks split, tombs broke open. If you're anything like me, like this is like weird. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I've never been in an earthquake, not from the West Coast. You might from the West Coast maybe you experienced some earthquakes here in Florida I've had my fair share of hurricanes and thunderstorms, but never an earthquake, so I can't imagine what this is like to see, to feel the earth shake, especially at a moment in which um, we know that, that it, it went black. I mean, it was like a blackout moment, uh, that, that new show Revolution, in which it talks about all technology and everything just shutting off. It's kind of this moment for three hours in the middle of the day, from noon to three, it goes completely black. There's an earthquake that takes place, and it's not like the electricity went out, like the sun stopped shining. There was no electricity then, just in case you don't know kind of where this falls in history. Um, so, but there's one specific aspect I want to look at. It's this, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and if, if you know, that, that sounds like just a, a little bit of a weird thing. Like, I didn't realize people had curtains. I thought they were in just, like, huts or something like that. Um, but it's something different here. There's a curtain in the temple, and Josephus, who is an ancient historian, tells us that this curtain was about four inches thick. Like, I don't know if you've seen a curtain lately that we put up on our windows, but it's like not an inch thick. I mean it's like nothing. It's like really really thin. Like usually that's what wakes us up in the morning is even though the curtains are there we can still see the light through. So this curtain was something different. It was actually in the temple and I can't go into an entire message, it's not the message today about the temple, but there was different areas within the temple and one place within the temple post or, or pre-Jesus um, you know death and resurrection was this place known as the holy of holies. It was known as the most holy place. There's this this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. There's this uh, golden altar that sat in there, and this was the place where the Jews understood that God's presence dwelt. This is where God was, and so in this room, this curtain, this four-inch thick curtain separated, it, and no one could go in there. It was where God dwelled, and but only one person who was the high priest could go in there once a year. So one guy, once a year, could go in there and he always had to go with sacrifice. Sacrifice was normal. If you came in here and you saw blood all over the place, you would be weirded out like I would. But in it, through the people of Israel and the Jews, they, they, they presented sacrifices through God's chosen people. And they presented these sacrifices. And so at this time, the high priest would go in with blood Uh, ready to sacrifice so he he always came in once a year the high priest would and so what that means for us today at the moment that the curtain tears it's saying something significant and spiritual about life as we know it has changed that God's presence no longer dwells in just the most holy of holy places God's presence dwells everywhere and it dwells within us most importantly, and God has entered into relationship through Christ and that Christ was our high priest that entered in once and for all, for all mankind. It wasn't just one person once a year, but it was one man for all of eternity for creation. For, the, for our sins, and so he, he entered in as our sacrifice, so I feel like that needs to be set up before we jump into the resurrection, because I think it's going to say something to us about life, and what God is trying to do, that he's, in, he's trying to do something in us, he's not just trying to do something to us, but he's trying to start something within us. Many times we're tempted to, to move things externally, but God wants to stir things internally in you first, and so if we can jump over to Luke chapter 24. We're really getting into the the meat of what I feel like God wants to to share to us this morning. Luke chapter 24, uh, beginning with verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared, went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood before them. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. Okay, so there's two women. Jesus is in the tomb at this point, and they, they go to find him early in the morning. They, they were women who loved Jesus. They'll tell us what women they were. Women who loved Jesus, that were very close to Jesus, friends of his. So what do we do when someone dies? We honor them. And so these women were mourning and were honoring Jesus. They had prepared spices, and, and they were headed to the tomb. And here's what I want to speak to us this morning, is that Sometimes when we have an honest pursuit, I'm not talking about a perfect pursuit, I'm talking about an honest pursuit to, to honor God and worship Him. When that happens, I think we always find unexpected grace. I think we actually find astounding grace for our lives. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm really, really in need of mercy and grace on a regular Basis. I, I think about this process of us planting and starting this church. For those of you that don't know, we just started two months ago. In fact, um, last week marked one year that Taryn and I moved from uh, a previous church that we were serving at to to just kind of transplant ourselves into this community and learn it and and say, hey, we think God's called us to start something here. We'd love for you to join us. June 9th of last year, we started in our home, and, and God blew our mind, had this property presented to us. And so when we launched, our, our, our plans were to launch September 9th of last year, and we were going to launch portable. We were going to be in a school or a theater or anywhere we could set up and, and, and you know, gather people um, to unify a, a work for, for Christ. And um, our, our plans were September 9th portable, and God changed all of that. And so we found incredible, unexpected, astounding grace in that we would now be sitting <laughs> On a debt-free piece of property that's worth over a million dollars, like that's astounding grace. When I was, you know, planning on having to like set up and tear down sound, lights, chairs, go into a building that we 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 don't have ownership of, I, I was planning all of those things, and God does something. Astounding, unexpected grace, because my my pursuit was honest, and i 'm not saying it 's just me there 's been many people involved in this process, but it 's astounding and unexpected grace when our heart is honest and seeking him, and we see something further on. Uh, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and when they entered, they didn 't find the body of lord jesus there i, I don 't know about you, but if I went to the graveside of uh, a loved one uh, a couple of days later after we know. Uh, they were buried, uh, I, would, I would be a little bit disturbed. They'd be making movies about me, making a little documentary about the crazy guy on the street who like, is flipping out because our loved one is not there. Can you imagine this? Like, I mean, in your own life, it would be shocking. We would be flipping out, and and I imagine they are a little more calm, um, apparently, than maybe what I would have been. They were just wondering about this, you know? I was doing more than wondering about this, if it was me. Uh, But I I think there's something to be said there uh, about their wonder and about their questions, because the Scripture is going to tell us, and, and we know further back, that A, this was all prophesied about. This had been prophesied about for hundreds of years that this would take place and that Christ would be crucified for um, for our sins. And while many of the Jews didn't understand it, didn't believe that it was Him, and still don't to this day, uh, it was in fact, and He rose and He. And he was able to prove that, and so while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes showed up. So there's a second thing to this, and I think this is important for us here this morning, is that questions are normal. In an honest pursuit, you're going to find questions. In fact, you're going to find lots of questions, and some of your answers may be very glorious, like this one right here. There's two men standing there about to give the answer about what's going on. Uh, Some of our answers are going to be very glorious and obvious like that, but I find that many of them aren't so glorious and aren't so obvious. God's unexpected grace and astounding grace is there with us, but sometimes they're just subtle. And sometimes God just reveals himself in, in the most uncommon places. And so that's why our eyes and hearts are, have to always be open and peeled that God is gonna reveal himself in very simple ways. And you say, maybe, maybe you're just reading into life, maybe. Maybe, but, but I know that God confirms things in my heart. He confirms it through scripture. Um, And and so, in this process, I I just want to encourage you, don't always seek the answers, but seek God. Seek His face. Seek the truth. And I think their pursuit was so honest that they got an answer that rocked their world. That confirmed everything in their heart, though they were wondering about this. Let's see what happens in verse 5. In their fright, so okay, they're wondering and now they're afraid. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Let's first deal with this fright, this fear issue, because you may be in here, and you may already feel like something kind of like stretching in your life and like something kind of shifting in your life and maybe a yearning, maybe like the the band was just leading us in a hunger and a thirst for something more for truth um, and to really know life, true life, I believe that you're going to find it here, and you may already feel that, and you may have some fear that comes with that, and that's very real, and that's very okay, but I love what takes place here, is the, in their fright, the women bow down, you say, well, they may just be bowing down because they're afraid, yeah, yeah, definitely, I, I definitely believe they're afraid, like that's what they're doing, but I, I believe these women were worshipers, they came to honor Christ with spices, they were honest people, they had spent time with Jesus, and, and while a lot of times I feel like the disciples kind of, like, didn't get it a lot of times. I feel like these women, like, I don't know. I think just women get it faster than guys. Can I get an amen from any of the ladies? I should get more than that. I mean, I mean come on, ladies. I'll throw it, I, I, You know, I'm, I'm doing more than throwing a poem. So, um, in their fright, they bow down. So, I, I think there's real, like honest like fear and like worship and trembling like something significant has taken place I, I think it's a deeper word than the word wonder as we look into the greek it's it's amazement that this is really happening you know how like sometimes you just have trouble processing something And we're like afraid we don't have all the answers yet, but slowly it's kind of becoming clear what's taking place. And the moment these guys speak, said, "Why?" and I love this phrase, and this is where I want to settle for just a moment. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? And I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we do the same thing. We look for something to settle our spirit. We look for peace. We look for comfort in all of the wrong places. We look for something to bring us to life, to give us a high that won't satisfy. We, we, we look for life in all the wrong places, and we're looking at it in places that are dead. And, and if we look into this actual word that shows up here, why do you look for the, the living among the dead? The word living is a, is a Greek word known as zao, is how it's pronounced in the Greek. <clears throat> And it literally means it's true life. It's it's breath, it's like the very meaning of our existence, what beats within us. It's more than just breath, but it's our existence, it's true life, it's living water. We see all through the scriptures this <clears throat> word shows up, especially throughout Jesus' ministry. Let's let's look at a few places, it's not gonna be up here, but Matthew 4, it shows up. Jesus is being tempted. Um, by the devil, and it says that we, Jesus uh, said, we don't live by bread alone, but we live by every word that comes from the Father. Our life is more than just this physical existence, and maybe you're having trouble believing that, or maybe you don't want to believe that, because we're afraid. But I think if we have an honest pursuit today, we're going to find unexpected grace John 4, Jesus is meeting with a Samaritan woman, something that was something rabbis didn't do, but Jesus, in fact, is encountering this woman, and and he kind of tells her all these things about her life, and he says, look, I'll give you water. She's like pitching water through a well at this point, and he says, look, I'll give you water that you know nothing about. He said, I'll give you water in which that will quench your thirst. You'll never be thirsty again, And, and that, oh, that That hunger to to truly know what life is about and to truly live from the inside out happens in this place where we we really grab a hold of living water that only comes from Christ. Because if we look at the, the ministry of Jesus, everywhere he goes, there's life. I mean, there's a crippled man laying on the ground. Jesus is like, Get up! and he gets up. I mean, there's blind people just kind of lined up outside of the city, and no one will speak to them. No one will even recognize them. They're not even throwing them tips, and Jesus makes them see. Jesus is always bringing life everywhere he goes. I mean, there's hurting people. There's excommunicated people, and Jesus welcomes them. He heals them. He brings life wherever he goes. It shows up so many more times. One time in John 6, 51, he talks about himself as living bread. That He is the substance of life. He says, eat of me. And he's not talking about like take a bite of my, my wrist. He's literally talking about just consuming who he is and making him our daily bread, what we rely on. But so many times we're looking for life in all the wrong places. And many times it takes us a long time to figure that out. And we can call it what we want, but I call it, it's pride. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if I just tell you my story, um, when I was a young man, I, I, was, I was the most prideful person I've ever met. <laughs> I was. Um, I was so full of myself. And... I can't describe the entire process because we don't have time. I can't tell you every little detail what took took place in my heart, but I can tell you this much. God changed me. And he transformed me. In in such, I can only explain it as supernatural because it wasn't like something, and I know for a lot of us, these kind of things take place over a long period of time. I think it still took place over time for me. But in a moment, I felt like God just crushed my hard heart in a moment. I mean, he just shattered it. He brought me to the, the highest place of pride where I thought I was everything, to the lowest place where I thought I was nothing. And God can do that in a moment, because I was looking for life in all of the wrong places. I thought I was in parties. I thought it was in you name it. Literally, you name it. I thought it was there. I didn't think it was in Jesus, and, and he shattered a, the hard heart I had and, and brought me back to life. I, I love one Passage that shows this exact same word up. Every single one of these scriptures I've referenced shows up this exact same word, za'o, life, true life. It's coming from Jesus. One passage that pulls this up in in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, uh, it it says that we've been born again. We've been, excuse me, we've been born again. We've given a a new birth into a living hope, into a za'o hope, into a hope that, is alive, he's not on a cross, so many times we we worship a crucified Christ, and and look, that's that's cool if that's like your moment of worship for a second, but let's be real, Jesus is no longer crucified, Jesus is no longer even in a tomb somewhere, The, the tomb being empty means life eternal, The the tomb being empty means life today in the here and now. It's not in just some future realm, but right now. He said, I came to give you life, to give it to you more abundantly. And maybe you're just here today and you're just living to die. And maybe you're here today and you're dying to live. And we're just looking for it in the wrong places. And God wants to reveal himself Maybe not in some kind of glorious manner in which angels appear, maybe that would be awesome. Let me know if that does happen. Um, I would love it i 'd love to like tell your story <laughs> um, but maybe it 's just going to be in the middle of your chaos, in the middle of the fear that 's not hitting Instagram and not hitting social media. Uh, maybe it 's just everything that 's going on inside, and god 's just going to reveal himself and bring life the dead places. Because he doesn't just, God didn't just want to resurrect Jesus, God wants to resurrect us. That's why the curtain was torn. That's why it was torn. So that we could have access. We have access this morning. And so, I just want to urge you this morning, be, find yourself satisfied in Christ. You can search for a thousand years. There's an old song that said, I could search for a thousand um, years and, and not find that's one like Christ. There's none like you, God. And I think that's true of us. Some of us that have maybe spent our life, I don't don't care how old you are, but maybe you've kind of spent your life looking for life, looking for fullness, and, and you've yet to find it, whether you're 17 or whether you're 77. I don't care how long you've spent, Christ wants to meet you here today and resurrect you not just resurrect some physical uh, resurrection, but inside of you he wants to bring life and find life in him and let your thirst be quenched today by living water. And I don't know, I just want to ask you a couple of questions today. Is maybe you're here today and, and you've just got questions. That's all you've got. <laughs> you've, you've just got fear and that's all you've got. And I think maybe in this moment, maybe you're completely right. Maybe that's all those women had and they just bowed down. But I think they got an answer in their fear. I think they found unexpected grace, in fact, astounding grace in their fear, in their questions, in their doubts. I think there was something huge there. I actually want to finish out this passage, um, verses 7 through 12, I believe it is. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Jesus, The, the men are recapping what Jesus said to them a long time ago. Uh, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. They came back from the tomb, told all these things to the eleven, and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the disciples but they didn't believe the women guys come on let's get the let's get the memo here believe the women <laughs> that's, that's twice ladies that's twice ladies <laughs> and it's not me it's scripture right Sc- scripture loves loves women but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense have you ever experienced something with god and then you went and tried to relay that to someone else, or like a moment, like you, and you tried to describe it, you were so excited, and all it was, you just felt like it was just nonsense, like, why are you looking at me like I'm an idiot? And it's probably because we were like them. It probably was sounding like nonsense. Probably couldn't formulate what our encounter was because it was so deep and spiritual that words can't even express it. It seemed to them like nonsense, but not Peter. Peter, however, got up and he... He didn't walk, he didn't like just strut over, he didn't take a pony, he got up and he ran to the tomb, bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. He was amazed at what had happened. Uh, I don't think wondering is the correct kind of um, recount of the the Greek here, it's a true amazement. Peter was the one who denied Christ three times and maybe you're here today. And maybe you're getting the memo today, and maybe you've never seen the strips of linen sitting there, and I don't have any for you to look at this morning, but I think if you look deep in your heart, I think Christ will reveal himself, and I don't think you're going to see his, like, beautiful blonde hair, blue eyes, which he never had. (laughs) Sorry to break the memo. Um, (laughs) um, But maybe we can see this spiritual sense that the tomb is empty. And that Christ is resurrected. And as he was resurrected, he'll resurrect in our heart. And as those holy people, the earthquake happened and they were brought to life, maybe it can happen within us. Because I really think the beginning of this journey happens at a point when John says, post-resurrection, he says to the disciples in John 20, 21. He says, peace be with you. He's talking about a whole peace in your physical body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your emotions. Let there be peace over you. Peace be with you. And he says, as my Father has sent me, I am sending you. And this is kind of where the journey takes another step into true purpose, where life resides and where purpose resides. And so you ask, where is, is, is God sending me today? Well, first, we need to receive that peace over our life. We need to receive that over our life, over our situation, over our worry, over our anxiety, our questions, our doubts, our fears. Receive that over us. But then where is he sending us? First, the first place he's sending us is truth, real truth. Not my truth, not your truth, absolute truth, God's absolute truth. That's where he's sending us today. And at that point, I think the next step that happens for us is repentance. Realizing that we are sinners that have fallen short in need of a Savior and the high priest Christ has paid the price and made the sacrifice for us. So that's the first step. So we find truth. We find repentance. We walk in faith. We walk in what's known as discipleship or following Christ. And I think what that looks like is And Jesus is, one of his first messages, his first kind of big kind of um, message that we find. It's not his first one, but it's his first big one that's uh, accounted in Matthew 5. Known as the Sermon on the Mount. We see that Jesus calls the people a, a light of the world. If we look into the Gospel of John, John called Jesus the light of the world. But now Jesus, the beginning of his ministry, is calling us the light of the world. And he says, you're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a a candle and puts it up on a lampstand and puts a bowl over it. He said, no, they put it up on a lampstand where all can see it to be a light. I don't know if, I don't think it takes a whole lot of like, you know, um, criticism into the world to realize we live in a dark place. There's some dark things happening. Our neighbors are probably dark people. In fact, some of the things that we think about in our minds are pretty dark we live in a dark world, but Christ has called us to be a light. And so the first aspect of this life residing in Christ himself and our purpose residing in the world around us to shine the light. The curtain was torn so that you could shine the light. So that it wouldn't be hidden back in a room. The presence of God wouldn't be hidden back in a room. be hidden within our hearts. And so that the hope and the love and the presence of God wouldn't be held back there for just one man, but by one man, all would come to see Christ. And so I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where this is resonating in your heart, but I pray that through the empty tomb today and tomorrow, and the tomb we will find 50 hundreds, thousands of years from now, it was still empty, would resurrect us. It would resurrect hope in us, it would resurrect peace. Within us, as Christ speaks that over us, it would resurrect purpose and passion and true Zao, true life within us. I want us to pray today. If you're feeling God stirring within you, I want you to respond to Him today. I'm not talking about raising your hand, I'm not talking about running somewhere, I'm talking about being real, being honest with God, having an honest pursuit towards Him in worship. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would show us, God, show us that you are the light of the world, God, and show us, God, that we are now the light of the world, that your spirit lives within us. God, resurrect our dead hearts. God, resurrect hope within our midst. God, resurrect faith within our minds. God, resurrect the light in this dark world that we live in. Resurrect purpose within people tonight, God, that we're not just working a job, living to die, but God, it's, it's about more than that, God. It's about more than that, God. God, I know my words are feeble this morning. I know they're jumbled at times, but I know your spirit can speak one word, can crush the hard heart. I pray that you would do that these next few moments, God, help us to respond. Help us to have an honest pursuit towards you. Help us to find hope. Help us to find astounding grace this morning at the cross and at the resurrection. We love you today, God.